0: This morning we begin a new sermon series, Real Faith, looking at different movies. Next week, Barbie and Oppenheimer, or Barbenheimer as they've called it. Uh, But today an older movie that's streaming called Babette's Feast, and I'll say more about that. But the reading for this day comes from the Gospel of Mark chapter 14 beginning at verse 17. When it was evening, Jesus came with the twelve. And when they had taken their places and were eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be distressed and to say to him one after another, Surely not I. He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the bowl with me. For the Son of man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that one by whom the Son of Man is betrayed! It would have been better for that one not to have been born. While they were eating, he took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before all fall away, I will not. Jesus said to him, Crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said vehemently, Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all of them said the same. On Monday mornings, preachers everywhere plop down in a chair, plop open their Bible and start work because the clock is ticking and Sunday is coming. And because Bible passages mean a lot of things and sermons kind of have to be about one focus They make notes, they do their best, and if they're smart, they don't have the TV on with a movie playing. But in this case, I did. In this case, on Monday morning with the Bible open to Mark 14 where Jesus feasts with His disciples, I streamed Babette's Feast. You may or may not know it. It's older. Uh, It was based on a short story by Karen Blixen, who wrote Out of Africa, even though she used a pen name, and it's this beautiful, beautiful piece. When I taught a a class at the seminary on preaching and movies, a very popular class, by the way, and not just because I brought popcorn from time to time, I think it it was in many ways popular because movies touch us in very deep places. And we tried to make sense of that in the class. And one of the ways we did that is to talk about revelatory scenes. The movie is an hour and a half, it's two hours, whatever it is, but what are the scenes that if you went to dinner with friends afterwards, you would keep talking about? You would say, yeah, but that part where she says this or he did that, how do you make sense of those moments? Well, some people believe those can be spiritual truths. Those can be scenes worth unpacking. You've probably never thought of the Gospel of Mark as a movie, but it's not that far removed. Here's what I mean. For roughly 40 years after the time of Jesus, before it was written down, and the ones that went around doing the Gospel of Mark, for instance, the first one written, they might do bits and pieces here but sometimes they did the whole thing, which would have lasted about the same amount of time as a movie nowadays, depending on which movie. Some of them are marathons. But if you were to have someone do the Gospel of Mark, this scene, this climactic scene in the upper room at Passover, this would, I think, stand out. It would be the kind that we would talk about over a dinner. In the Gospel of Mark... It's no surprise Jesus plays the leading role, but the disciples play a very key co-starring role as a group, and it starts off pretty well. You may remember some of them are fishermen. Jesus says to them, leave your nets, leave your families, come and follow me, and they do, no questions asked. That's a pretty good start. They're gonna be good followers. I mean, it's pretty amazing. He appoints them to be apostles, which is just Bible for sent out. They're going to be sent out. And what they're going to do is what he'd been doing, healing people, casting out evil spirits. When Jesus gets around to feeding thousands of people with some bread and fish, it's the disciples who have them sit down. They distribute the food. They pick up the leftovers. Through the first half of Mark's movie, The disciples knock it out of the park, and then things don't go so well. It sort of gets headed south when a dad brings a sick child to be healed, and after that it just keeps getting worse. They start to bicker amongst themselves as to who's the greatest among them. When some moms bring the little kids to be blessed by Jesus, they stop them. I mean. Come on, how can you stop moms and babies from coming to Jesus? It just gets bad so that you're not all that surprised when you get to the end of the movie in the upper room and who's a guy. And in the face of all that failure, the whole second half, Jesus says, come and eat. In the face of our failures, he invites us to this meal of grace. That's a good Bible story. And the reason I paired it with Babette's Feast, well, it should become obvious. I hope you've seen it. I hope that you will see it if you haven't. It's streaming, you can get it. It's hard to do justice to the beauty of this movie. I will tell you this, in the first moments you will figure out very quickly this is not the fast and the furious. This is more like the slow and the sensuous. It's a very sensual movie. It's set in a remote fishing village off the coast of Norway. Two adult sisters fondly remember their father who was the preacher, the minister in that little village. And in his name and serving God, they do good works. Mostly they take the simplest little meal of soup and bread, not very appealing, but to those who are shut in and hungry. Well, the community fondly remembers the minister, but like the Gospel of Mark, they start to bicker amongst themselves. You've never known church folks to do this, I know, but they start to remember how during a business deal, one of them tried to cheat the other, and they remember a marital affair. It just goes south. Enter Babette. How in the world do these two sisters named Babette? it turns out she fled Paris during civil unrest, and when she arrives, she's just looking for refuge, but she has with her a letter of introduction which says, among other things, this one little line, Babette can cook. Well, that's putting it mildly. She was one of the greatest chefs in all of Paris, but the sisters don't know that. So the sisters set head, and she, she humors them. She doesn't let on, she just, uh, okay. Well, it comes time they want to have a a remembrance meal. Their their father, the the preacher, he would have been a hundred years old. So the sisters decide they're gonna have this meal. And of course, it's gonna be a very simple meal. But Babette says, no, 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 it's going to be a feast. See, she had a lottery ticket from Paris. And she won 10,000 francs. She's rich. She says, let me prepare a feast. They're a little bit nervous, but they agree. There'll be 12 at the dinner. You don't have to be a biblical scholar to figure this one out. And the second half of the movie is all about the feast, the preparations, the serving. It's in the kitchen. It's in the dining room. She presses this white tablecloth on the table. She puts out the fine china, the crystal. This will be a seven-course meal, complete with wine pairings. Theaters and restaurants still do that to this day, by the way. Well, during the meal, they feast, and while the candles burn down, so do their defenses. They they, kind of melt, and they confess to one another. They tried to cheat and they forgive one another and they quote scripture. In this meal where they had been a bickering community, they find love and forgiveness. And God knows we could use that. I was thinking about the bickering that goes on, and we can't stand the other sometimes, much less talk to them, or the ways that we. Betray and deny the Christ by ignoring the poor or turning away the refugee, glorifying war. These are all ways that we fail as disciples, as followers of God. I know I've told you before about how I came to faith as a freshman in college, 19 years old, partying basically, drugs and alcohol. But this young girl, she was in all my classes. She told me about Jesus. And to be honest, I wouldn't have given her the time of day, except she was cute. That's how shallow my soul was. <laughs> so I, I listened, and, and, and it took root. I mean, I became this, a Christian, and I, so I thought, well, I'll just be a Christian. I had no clue. It was hard to be a Christian. But one Sunday, and this church only did communion once a month. One Sunday, <clears throat> I came in, I sat on the pew. I looked up here and I thought, oh no, those are not the words I used, oh no. (laughs) And I don't remember what I had done. I don't know if I'd slipped back into drugs, I don't know. I know it wasn't that I ignored the poor because I always ignored the poor and they weren't even on my radar. But I wanted to crawl under the pew. Have you ever been so ashamed of your sin that it made you cringe? in that moment, Christ says, have some bread, you're forgiven. We need that. We desperately need that. So if we, went, if we went to see the movie together and went out to eat and talk about it, there's two scenes that stand out for me, one in the gospel and one in the movie. In the gospel of Mark, it's not this scene, it's the scene that sets this one up. It happens in the middle of Mark's movie. One time in each of the chapters, Jesus says something to the effect of this. Which one of us do you think is the greatest? Seriously? Seriously, in that moment, you want to talk about who's the greatest? And this happens three times. But here's the way Mark puts around that are two stories of Jesus healing blind people. You get it? He heals the blind, but the disciples, they have not yet to see. And so at one point, He says, do you, do you not yet understand? And we might be tempted to translate that, what, are you stupid or something? But that's not really what He's saying, because it's that little word, yet. Do you not yet understand? It signals the patience that God has with us that we will eventually catch on. As for the scene in the movie, well, it's after the feast. I mean, the people waddle out of there, they've been at the table, they go out, they sing, but Babette and the two sisters are standing there, and they are basking in this incredible feast. It's just been a success, but they also realize Babette's come into a lot of money, she's going to be out of here, they're going to be without her. But she informs them she's not leaving. And they say, but but what about all the money? And she says two words, all spent. All spent. A meal like that costs 10,000 francs. Babette spends every cent on the feast. And the sisters are taken back. they, They protest. You shouldn't have done that for us. But she says she wanted to, she wanted to, as did Christ. And that seems very revelatory to me.